What what are you what are you sitting all, all open for? <laughs> it's my power stance. You just point your cock at me. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. They told me to get closer to you, so I'm just. It would look better for the framing if I was like sitting up with proper posture and don't sag. But we're here for an hour, man. I gotta be comfortable, real comfortable <laughs> jeans, <laughs> Wrangler. Best get comfortable, real comfortable. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another episode of Nate Shot Knows or whatever the fuck we're calling this. We got Joe Callis on the secondary mic here. And uh, we actually just filmed an episode of the Courage and Age Shot Show. We covered a lot of things that I think we would normally talk about on our podcast, but mm -hmm. I don't see any issue with that because we don't need to you know, pick up the past and what was spoken about, but there's just a lot happening in the world right now. And I feel like that's never going to slow down. So we got plenty of ammunition. Yeah. It seems like you got some things written down too, but Joe, how you been? Been good. It's been a minute since we've been back in here, but... Um... Settled in post South Carolina. I go to New York tomorrow, though. But yeah, no complaints. They're letting you on a plane. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just watched the Malaysian Airlines uh, Netflix <laughs> documentary. I know. I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was okay, but wild to think that a plane quite literally disappeared. I started watching it, but then I was like, "Well, I know that they still don't know what happened." So. I'm just going to go watch Severance instead. I uh, I don't know which theory I actually believe out of the Malaysian Airlines debacle. I, I, I have a hard time believing. You got to be a sadistic son of a bitch to be a pilot and you want to kill yourself. Maybe this guy was just looking for one last thrill before he ended it all and took 270 souls with him. That just seems very vindictive and 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 deliberate i just have a hard time believing somebody could follow through with that but maybe that's the case i actually like the other theory about the russians it's wild to think that Wait, this, what's the, what's the theory well one of the theories which i was playing marvel snap while watching this so this could be completely off base but high level back i think in like the 70s or the 80s there was a situation where a plane was shot down and Russia, it was found out that they were planting pieces of the plane or some parts of another plane to make it look like they uh, had found it to get them off the scent. I think it's been proven that Russia actually did plant these things, but uh, that's one of the theories that the plane was shot down and then all of a sudden this guy... Uh, who had started a company with like two other Russian business partners. He like flew to Madagascar and, and would just, he found like 10 pieces of the plane by himself without any help. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of theories that swirl around the Malaysian airlines, but what it, it's wild when something catastrophic like that happens, you know, we think about it for like a year and then it's kind of just gone and forgotten. Yeah. Somebody, somebody on this earth knows what happened to that plane. And I don't think we'll ever of uh, we'll ever get to the bottom of it. I don't. I still terrifying thought. I also think it's fishy that with all of the tech they have around airline recovery and figuring out these situations, that they have no idea what happened. Well, there was another theory that America was involved in some way or another. I wouldn't be surprised. And there's these two planes. Uh, well, there there's a, a an official name for the plane, but. You ever see those Google uh, cars driving around for Google Maps where they have the big thing on top and it's constantly oh, yeah. rotating the camera? Oh, is that what that's for? 
That's what those cars are for, yes. Oh, I thought it was just like some autonomous like test driving. There shit. might be some out there now, but uh, if you see those cars driving by, that's usually the case. Oh, They're just getting updated images for Google Maps. But there's a theory because all electronical uh, or electronic uh, communication to the plane was shut down uh-huh. like in an instant. Yeah. And that just doesn't happen. So there's a theory yeah. that these two planes that are basically like signal jammers, uh, when they got passed off to another air traffic controller from a different country, that that would be the perfect time for whatever ended up happening for them to strike because they went from where they took off to that next tower. Uh, and there's a theory that those two planes came in between it and were trying to get it to land at a different airport. It didn't listen. They shot it down. I don't know. Imagine just being the pilot for that plane, if that's the case, and you're just going to work all of a sudden you see like a stealth bomber pull up and you're like well i've seen, i know how this goes brother you got to have a lot of mental fortitude to fly a plane to be a pilot because i would have at least probably once a week if i were a full-time american airlines or delta pilot have an existential crisis and an odd body experience i mean you're whipping this thing like 550 miles an hour you've got 250 people on this plane that you've never met and I would just sit there. You ever drive on the highway? You're like, oh, fuck, I'm driving on the highway. I'm going yeah. 70 miles an hour. There are people not using signals going in and out of lanes. Like, this is kind of crazy. And obviously, driving is more dangerous than uh, flying. Flying. But I just couldn't imagine, like, oh, shit, I'm flying a plane right now. Can you? <laughs> well, you of all people. That would be a terrifying thought. <laughs> For those of you, <laughs> For those of you that don't know, I don't think anybody knows this, but Matt. I think they probably know you're terrified of flying. But, oh yeah, for sure. But Matt will check what the air, the actual aircraft we're flying on is prior to every flight, and he'll be like, "Uh oh, this one was made in 2003. Like, it's gonna be a tough day." Well, no, I think so. actually, one in most cases, I'd be checking the plane to see what type of interior we're gonna have. Like, if it's okay, because in most cases, you'll end up on a flight, especially sure. going to New York. That's where the the trouble starts. Because it's it's sort of a, a crapshoot. Like there's specific times where they fly the Dreamliner and you know it's gonna be a new plane. But more times than not, I end up on a plane that was built in like two thousand one. So this thing's been in rotation for a long time. And they have done a good job with most fleets of updating the interior and getting it, you know, back to industry standard. Mm-hmm. But man, I've just had so many flights to New York where I'm on a plane that was built in two thousand one and this thing is old as dirt. It's 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 rough rough seas out there, but uh, Flighty is a great app. It tracks all your flights. It'll let you know when the plane was built, uh, what 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 they're flying. So yeah, that's pretty much it. I got to shut up. I, I I do take comfort knowing that a lot. I check of- the turbulence forecast. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I mean turbulence is like kind of a myth, but well turbulence. It's, it's real, not a myth. Well, it's a real thing. But it's not going to take down no, a plane. Yeah, no plane has never been brought down from turbulence. But um, I do take comfort. One of my sister's friends uh, that she went to college with, both of her parents were in the Air Force and flew in the Air Force, and now they're both international commercial airline pilots. Yeah, that makes me feel a lot better, too. Yeah. Like I definitely scope out the pilots on the plane. I hope to get a look at them just before they uh, jump into that cockpit. But a lot of airline pilots are, you know, former Air Force and, yeah. and military pilots. So, th- I mean, this is like a walk in the park for them. It's yeah. a Sunday drive on the way to a farmer's market. 
Yeah. Go I mean, from an F-16 to a Airbus. Yeah. I wonder if they get bored. Like, let's see if we can bank this turn. Let's just do it. <laughs> it's probably what the Malaysian airline pilot was thinking. He's like, let's just, let's just steer this thing down first. Yeah. I mean, aside from all the statistics, though, of flying and how safe it is in comparison to all the other dumb shit that we do in a, a regular everyday life. It is a wild concept to hop on a plane, be 30,000 feet in the air in a, a metal tube going 600 miles an hour, being flown by two people, three people that you've never met before in your entire life. And you're really just putting all of your conviction and hope in the regulations and the systems that we have in place to mm -hmm. moderate the type of people that are working on the crew and you know what's going on with the plane and maintenance and 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 all of those things. There, I I think it's just a fear of the unknown that people like me who are afraid of flying. Listen, we get how safe it is, but there's just so much that I don't know, and I feel like I'm out of control of things yeah. that I want to be in control. Of. Yeah, you just have no control whatsoever, and it's for like five hours, thirty thousand feet in the air. Yeah, exactly. Five hundred miles an hour. Yeah, it's crazy. I often think about. Uh, have you seen Get Smart? The Steve Carell movie. I th I've seen it, but I don't know. It. I don't know it well. I've seen it once. It's not one of my repeat movies. Every time I get on a plane, I think about that movie because there's a part where they're on a commercial jet and they basically or commercial plane, and he has like a parachute and he dumps through the bathroom and like exits the plane. And I think to myself, I'm like, God, I hope there's some parachutes on this plane. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> obviously not, but it's a it's a wild concept. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about it because I have a lot of flying to do. I've definitely gotten a lot better with my anxiety. Uh I I'm I'm like very I used to be against uh medicating for uh situations like that, but mm -hmm. I told my doc I had a flight to Paris that I needed to go for for 100 thieves and I was just freaking out and I finally Listen, they're doctors. Let me just tell him what I think and he'll give me a suggestion. So I take like a milligram, two milligrams of lorazepam, takes all the anxiety away and uh, normally fall asleep and just teleport there. So that's been a big help. But anything shorter than that, I won't take it. And I'm usually fine. I'm fine with flying. It just the it, it's just a little bit of underlying anxiety that just won't go away. On your doctor's forms, when it asks if you smoke and drink, do you say no? Uh, no, I say yes. I, I'm totally honest with my doctor, mm -hmm. like brutally honest. Yeah. I mean, this is what they went to school for. You're this is like the one person in your life, if not many other people that you should not lie to. Yeah. So I, yeah, I tell them, you know, like, here's what I did. Here's what I do. And just give me your honest opinion. Mm -hmm. Why hide secrets from somebody who's trying to keep you alive? That's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Me and my doctor are tight now. We'll shoot the shit. His Tesla got uh, broken into, just like mine. It's crazy. Good guy. All right. Well, speaking of things that we're watching, um, have you been watching The Mandalorian? I haven't started it, but I saw your tweet. Yeah. You so, hate that it's made for kids. Yeah. Which I, I watched the first two seasons uh, recently, a couple months ago, without really having any loyalty or affinity for the world of Star Wars. Just didn't get into it as a kid. Didn't get into it when the new ones came out. But... I think TV has just actually been pretty stellar these last couple of years. You know, there's so much out there now, uh, like the streaming platform wars, everybody's got an app and we've definitely seen lower production with everybody just throwing shots at the wall and not a lot of them sticking. But I think everybody trying to fight for that top spot has sort of pushed TV production a little further. And I enjoyed the Mandalorian. I really did. Uh, whether you, you, you're comfortable with that or not, I, I'm excited for season three. 
first two seasons were okay. Season three, it is an abomination so far. And I get it. It's Disney. Like their target audience is children and the toys that they can make around it and everything else they can do. But my God, if I could just have the Mandalorian on like HBO with that level of like violence and storytelling versus watching him basically like fight Power Rangers and like dumb monsters that pop out that they make seem like a big deal when I'm like, okay, this guy could very easily kill them. He's literally got a fucking lightsaber. Yeah. That, like, you know, and I, I will say to that point, I, that's why I've been having actually a harder time lately watching certain animes. Like I started blue lock for the first time because uh, tenacity suggested it to me. And I obviously don't really watch soccer or football, whatever you want to call it. But I just know that we're going to have three episodes of the main protagonist, uh, going through a hard time, he's about to lose, and at the last second, he's gonna power up and end up winning. Yeah. So I'm just sitting there, like waiting, biding my time. Just come on, give me, give me the fucking hard drugs. Like, let's see this guy just take over. It's just so annoying when you know a story has to go through the build up and the climax, and you have to wait for it, and you you know what's coming. But like power levels, to your point of watching the Mandalorian fight, like we know, we've seen what you can do. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you, what do you mean this is as hard as it, you're making it seem to be? I, I saw you kill 30 Imperial soldiers with like three buttons. Like, yeah. so yeah, I'm just, it's just another example of Disney just doing what they do. And I'm just upset with the machine because they're obviously printing money and it's massive, but Certain TV shows think I, you, you need to be comfortable with to know that it's just going to be on in the background. You know, it, there there are certainly, when it comes to my personal reviews of shows, I'll say that it wasn't bad, but it definitely wasn't gripping. I wasn't sitting there uh, not scrolling. It was just something nice to have on the background. You make it through 10 episodes and yeah, maybe we'll watch season two. It's just such good IP and Kathy Kennedy just continues to just ruin all of my hopes and dreams for star wars kathy kennedy's on your shit list huh yeah i guess you could say wow public enemy number one i'm sure she's really worried about that (laughs) yeah like the opinions of joe callis multi-nominated oscar producer kathleen kennedy head of lucasfilm powering the biggest engine in entertainment but joe callis (laughs) yeah but i'm here we're both z-list celebrities uh Making a podcast, talking shit. <laughs> Me and my seventeen hundred Twitter followers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's, they're hearing it. They're you're keeping it. her up at night. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I saw you tweet about it too. John Wick versus the Matrix. I think that's a a, a very hard take to have, <laughs> but uh, kind of wild. Hundred thirty eight reviews so far from critics on John Wick four, mm-hmm. and it's got a ninety four percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Now, I actually was not looking forward to this movie. I love Keanu Reeves. I fucking love Keanu Reeves. Everybody mm. does. Uh, I'm definitely not on an island when I say that. But John Wick 2 and 3, for me, I'm not a big fan anymore like I was when I was younger of shoot 'em up action movies. Mm-hmm. John Wick, the originality of the first and sort of like the motivation, like you killed my fucking dog. Yeah. I was excited and I loved it and I was blown away. I'm like, damn, Keanu Reeves, he got another one. Let's mm-hmm. go. But I just didn't enjoy as much as I would have hoped, like 
episode, uh, you know, the second and the third, just because it, it's just like, oh man, I got two hours of him just shooting and killing. I know it's going to happen. Not a really strong story to grip onto, but the lore and, uh, you know, the universe that it plays in, I think is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't really excited about John Wick 4, but the reviews that I've read a couple days ago and even now, when I looked, it was at 100% mm-hmm. and it had 13 reviews. Now it's staying at above 90% with 138. I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. John Wick is like one of those movies I always talk about, like the expectations you have walking into the theater. And I remember I used to argue with my buddy all the time because he's like, like, oh, did you see John Wick? I'm like, yeah, that movie was awesome. Like, <laughs> dude had 105 headshots. Like, there's a headshot counter. Like, people track how many kills the dude has. And he's like, oh, it's like the worst script ever. Like, I can't believe that's an actual movie. Like, people like it. I'm like, what do you think you're walking into? Here? Yeah. Like, what What was your expectation? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? You're, you're going to go watch Schindler's List or like Goodwill Hunting? No, you're there to watch Keanu Reeves kill people for an hour and a half. Yeah. And have some popcorn and get out of there. I completely agree with you. So I think the story behind it, too, is really cool. Uh, Chad Stahelski, the director, was um, Keanu Reeves' stuntman and stunt double for The Matrix. That's crazy. And then so he left, or not left, but after all of that, um, got tapped to direct John Wick and then all of that. So, Well, did you see the clip of the stunt double uh, from the set of John Wick 4 just bombing it down an escalator? Yeah. It was crazy. How did that guy just get up and walk away from that? <laughs> Dude, I know that stunt doubles and and, and more athletic people that uh, do things like this, they know how to fall, yeah. right? There's a, a very specific way to fall. Like, you don't really want to brace. Mm-hmm. Uh, y- y- it's like getting in a car accident. The, 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 one, the car accidents that people walk away from, depending on the impact, are the ones where you don't tense up. Yeah. And your, your body sort of just uh, manages the... Uh, the force and the inertia mm-hmm. naturally. Um, I don't know. There's There's got to be some science behind that, and I could be completely wrong, but that's my interpretation of it as the yeah. village idiot. Uh, but I don't know how you bomb it down an escalator like that and and just walk away unscathed. I don't, I don't understand. I was even watching uh, a couple clips. I didn't really understand or ever think about what being a stuntman was like. Obviously, today there's a lot more safety regulations, but I was... Some stuntman they were honoring, um, I just saw a tweet about it from like the 30s where these guys are actually like hanging off like the sides of cliffs and there's like, like there's a there's a scene where part of the house falls down and he's just, he's walking and the house falls and where like the window cutout is lands like directly through him. And to think then compared to now, um, it's honestly crazy just like what these stuntmen do and people you don't actually think about it when you're watching the movie but case in point like that guy literally just ripping it down an escalator well these videos of and photos of old construction workers in the 30s and 40s yeah. on a skyscraper just walking around climbing up beams that are hundreds of feet in the air with no regard for their own life yeah just the amount of confidence and elegance just traversing and navigating these these skyscrapers I always wonder, are we are we just pussies, or <laughs> did they just not know enough about the world and life and and how these things should be regulated? Was it was, were all of those things that they were doing just out of ignorance, or 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 are we just giant pussies? Italian immigrants had to go to work. 
They had I the mean, Italians built this country. They had to put food on the table, dude. <laughs> they did. I mean, it's wild. I, I, I could never. I, I, I don't even consider myself to be one that fears heights. But when I get up, I mean, now that I own a home, literally like the highest point of our house is where one of the air filters are. And I had to put that ladder up and I'm like 20 feet off the ground. My dad, I feel like I've told this story, but built a house that we grew up in. He would always have to do residing because the material that he used, so he'd have scaffolding up there. I'd get on the roof with him all the time. Now I get up on a ladder and I think it's just because I'm older and maybe more of a pussy, I guess, <laughs> or more in tune with my mortality. I'm like, holy shit, this <laughs> I mean, ladder that I bought off Amazon better work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm up three steps on a ladder. I'm like, oh shit, like this yeah. thing's wobbling. <laughs> Man, shout out all those that came before us. We're sorry for what we've turned this world into because <laughs> yeah. you were truly the best of us. Yeah, now they got us just sitting up here talking about nonsense. For yeah. a living. The internet's a weird place, man. <laughs> really like, is. I, I kind of understand where the cranky old men come from, like, uh, just judging everything that the youth is doing. I'm not even that old, but I, I look at some of these 16-year-old kids, and I'm like, you better figure some shit out immediately, because mm-hmm. you're not even mine, and I'm ready to take out the belt. <laughs> That's how my mom did it. That's how we'll do it. I mean, that's I I, talk, I never got hit with a belt. It's like my cousins who all have kids now. There's just no discipline whatsoever. I'm well, like, <laughs> I think it's really depending on where you grow up, what type of parents you have. But our children will be disciplined for sure. Gonna have them cranking 90s when they're like four for no, eight hours a day. No, 12 hours a day at the golf course. <laughs> okay. I don't care how much they hate it. We'll end the day with an ice cream cone and get them a burger so that it's like positive reinforcement of the dog. You don't. They don't learn from getting yelled at. They learn from reinforcing the good things that they're doing your, your children are pavlov's dogs just gonna be conditioning them with a shot collar brother i mean i just i hated golf when i was a kid because my feet hurt had to walk couldn't hit the ball as far as the people i was playing with my dad and my brother and i just so wish that i could go back 15 years and just talk to myself and understand like this is you you're probably not going to make it but you have the time you don't have any idea how much you're going to love this you mm-hmm. just got to give it a, just show up Oh, hundred percent. So I don't, I don't think I'm, I, I joke around talking about like, oh, they might hate me till they're, you know, 20 years old. But when you're flying on a private jet to Augusta, it's going to be hard to be mad. Yeah. But, uh, I definitely want to expose them to as much as possible and follow it up with, you know, positive things that they'll look back on. But I'm definitely not going to let them quit. I mean, if it's like so awful and miserable and they're, in so much pain mentally and physically that the physical part will never happen. It's golf, low impact, but I, I'm going to guide him. I was like firm t- hand Taylor Fritz in his, uh, full swing episode. Yeah. His dad talked a little bit about it where he was same exact thing where him and his dad's relationship was like pretty intense growing up. He was his tennis coach. But now that he's number four tennis player in the world, he's like very thankful for him pushing me. So. Yeah, I think I think firm hand of discipline and guidance. You know, my mom would always bust out the line, I'm not your friend, I'm your mom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's important, but I'm just excited to talk to a, our children the way that that firm hand of guidance, but also explaining things to them. And as long as it takes to explain to them about the emotion that they're feeling right now and what the next couple of years are going to look like and just talking them through that, I think it'll be really helpful. I think children, I mean, I'm not a parent, so, you know, fuck me. This isn't have any 
level of coherence. But I, I just think that kids are a lot smarter than what I would expect uh, when I see other parents parenting well. And if you just talk them through it, uh, it might not work right away, but consistent persistence. 100%. I mean, I wish like- Be as thoughtful as possible. Firm, but thoughtful. You're going to be like Ben Stiller and Happy Gilmore. Be like, oh, your fingers hurt, yeah. son? Like, well, now your back's going to hurt. Your back's going to hurt. Now, now go, go, go do the mulch. thousand more balls. <laughs> yeah. Dumbass motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. You ain't getting we ain't, <laughs> you ain't getting a twist. You're getting vanilla only. You're going to like it. <laughs> no sprinkles for you today, bitch. <laughs> yeah. You missed that green <laughs> yeah. far too many times. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, diving into internet stuff. Mm-hmm. Phase drama. Phase drama. I know you've talked about it. Talked about it on stream. I yeah. knew when I was talking about it, they just caught me on a good day where I, I'll, I'll have these first couple hours of the stream where we're just chatting. Mm-hmm. And I obviously, sometimes I like to talk. Other times I don't. Uh, it just, every given day, it's a new thing. I either I'm fully excited to be in the mix with other people and shoot the shit. Uh, but there are days where I go back to my old habits of, man, I just really need to be alone in my own space. I mean, that's how I spent my entire life uh, leading up to moving to L.A. So mm. uh, with just chatting, it's fun because it, it, streaming can be like therapy where there's not often throughout your day, unless you have a significant other or really good friends where you could just talk and people will listen. Mm-hmm. So if people are there, they're interested in what I have to say. And just chatting is a great way to. I don't know, lighten the load in my own head and clear some of that shit out that's been rattling around. Somebody asked me about FaZe Clan and they asked me about the perspective that Rain and Tico are going through because FaZe put out a statement a couple days ago saying we're not who we are supposed to be and we're going to do everything we can to get back to where we were. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, you know, Tico and Rain both came out with videos talking about the injustices or the, the, the poor direction that FaZe has uh, found themselves in. Uh, and so Deserto clipped it out. I knew it was going to happen. I actually fuck with a lot of people at Deserto, and I know this is their job. They gotta, they gotta get these these hits, these engagement, uh, field posts. But I, it's just not good when you cherry pick something that we talked about for like fifteen minutes, and then you take forty seconds of it. Because if you listen to the whole thing, I don't want any ill will or have any ill will against Phase. I think they have done a tremendous job over the last ten years. They are one of the biggest, if not biggest and most recognizable brands in gaming. There's no denying that. And I've actually met a lot of the executives over the last six months, year that work there. And I have a newfound respect for them because I think it's, I think it's really easy from the outside looking in to judge some of their shortcomings, but surprised by how thoughtful uh, they were around the business and their community. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that matters to people at home listening or not, that's how I feel. And that's the level of uh, exposure I've had. And obviously I love the founders and anybody that was shoulder to shoulder in the trenches, building phase up and just the gaming community in general, those, you know, temper apex uh, adapt and rain and Tico and sea uh, bass, all these guys, I, I, I love them to death. And we went to war together. So mm. that's a level of respect that just doesn't go away. And I don't, I, I, I hate what's happening on the market. Uh, their stock has just plummeted. Uh, do I think some of it is warranted? Yeah, I mean, if you're like macroeconomics and you're looking at their business, their P&L and their quarterly earnings, it might be hard to make a case that this is a billion dollar company like it opened up at. But mm-hmm. I still think it's a really strong business and they need to make some changes and they need to ride out this storm that I think every industry is going through. It's not just exclusive to gaming. 
And if they can make it out of these turbulent waters, they're going to be just fine. But I think people just hold face as such a high standard, and they've definitely had their mishaps. I mean, when you have 150 creators on your roster, and that's what the phases model has always been, there's bound to be drama. I mean, these are young kids that are exposed to the internet and have a long time before they grow and mature to be the person that they're going to be. Uh, so you get spotlighted for something you did when you're 16, and that falls back on the shoulders of FaZe. And, you know, you could talk about like the Save the Kids shit and the crypto stuff and the CSGO skins. Yes, all things that you can't just brush over. Like we have to talk about those things. But beyond that, which I'm not marginalizing by any means, but we know that story. Mm -hmm. FaZe is a strong brand who's got great people that work there. And there's some, uh, you know, rotten eggs, but every business or every brand has those. I love FaZe. I want them to succeed. All of esports and everybody in the industry should want them to succeed. And I just think that there is uh, too much negativity around what's happened when we should be lifting each other up. And I, I know all this is nuanced, but I, I hate that that clip got cut out, but I knew that was going to happen. So fuck me. Yeah. Uh, that's my own fault. But I, I would encourage everybody who wants to hear, who actually cares about my opinion. There could be nobody. It doesn't matter. Just go listen to it if you're interested, because that 40 second clip doesn't do it justice. Yeah. Off of the uh, tweet that you mentioned that FaZe was saying, you know, I have it here. We know that for too long we haven't been the phase we need to be, but we're working hard towards fixing that. We hope to have all the OGs sit down together soon, and we don't want to do that without everyone. We'll do everything in our power to work this out and not let you down. Mr. Beast responded, um, they should be the people in charge. When I visited, not a single person I met had any idea how to make a good piece of content skull emoji. What are your thoughts on that? Certainly out of left field, I would say, for Mr. Beast. I mean, I, from my time that I've spent with Jimmy, I actually think he's a great guy and he's really, really smart. I mean, he is an anomaly when it comes to how he approaches his business and his entire life revolves around his success on the internet. And not in a way that's like cannibalistic to the other things in his life, but the guy is definitely like one track, one speed. I'm all in. And that's just not something that you could replicate. He's like one of those diamonds in the rough. Mm -hmm. And I think over the years of his success, has probably got more and more confident and a level of conviction in how he understands the internet, which is totally warranted. I mean, the guy is probably the most recognizable YouTuber on the face of the earth. And I don't even think it's fair to call him just a YouTuber anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I certainly wouldn't expect him to like piggyback off that tweet. Like the time of day that he needs to give some of the drama that's going on, on the internet, uh, probably not needed. Uh, so he was probably just bored and mm -hmm. wanted to jump in. And that happens. I get that. And I don't hold it against him. But it was, it was definitely uh, uncharacteristic of what I've seen from him in the past. And uh, I say it's tough because when I start really piling on uh, in the community around games like Call of Duty, it, it's hard for me to continue to pull that trigger because I know that there are real people behind this job that they're doing that probably care about it a whole lot. And in a lot of ways, they don't have uh, the impact that they would like to have on the business and the things that they do. And so when they're, place of work and what they've spent time doing are getting shit on by people like me. That's got to feel awful. Mm -hmm. So 
I've definitely cleaned up my act uh, a great deal, I think, over the last five years. And when I have an opinion, I really weigh out the pros and cons of, I want to say this, but what is it really going to, what is the outcome going to be? Yeah. Like what? I'm going to feel a little bit better for being a little divisive on the internet and, and getting a little bit more attention. And I've, I hold back quite a bit of like my real thoughts and I think every every man and one anybody on this planet has an ego. Like a brain is just trained to have I mean you ha everybody by nature has an ego and I think in some ways whether you care or not that's the other part. Whether you care about what other people think of you, I think you live a lot healthier and longer life if you don't care about other people's opinions. But if something I'm going to say even if I don't know this person is going to neg uh, negatively affect them I try not to, even though I still do in some cases, I try not to let that just fly out onto the internet. Yeah. I also don't think it's an issue with their content necessarily. I mean- Well, they haven't made any content. I mean, they used to have a, a, a channel that would get a million views after every video they upload. They just stopped. Yeah. But I mean, even I went on their YouTube channel yesterday just to look at what they've been putting out and it's, I mean, not terrible. Like- their front page one is the Mr. Beast video. It has like 2 million views. I have a couple other like wow. recent videos. Yeah, but a couple other recent videos that are doing well too. I don't think it's necessarily an issue about their content. I think these creators too are coming out more so about the all of the stuff going on behind the scenes and the equity splits and f treatment and of how they're being treated and transparency and all of that. Well, I, I actually certainly think it is the content that they make when they do make it. Mm -hmm. I, I know that they hired somebody from the NFL some years ago and I've met people on the phase content team and they're not stupid people. So yeah. that like, if we're going back to that tweet, I don't think that's fair to everybody, especially if you're working on the production team at phase clan, because you're probably just following orders from the top mm -hmm. and the people at the top are probably like, well, fuck man, this phase YouTube channel, we need the creators to be involved. And I empathize for the creators as well because even the videos that they've been making over the last five years while 100 Thieves been in business, they've ran that playbook a million times over. And certainly throughout these years at 100 Thieves, I would get scheduled to go make a video that I've made a thousand times over. And so the creative inspiration and the excitement to film that video just isn't there yet. But the train stops at me. So that's my own problem that I got to go deal with with our content team. But I think people underestimate how hard it is to make content in esports and just in the gaming world of creators uh, when you have a business like 100 Thieves or FaZe Clan because you're trying to farm impressions and viewership using the creators that you have. And if they're not excited about it, they're not going to either show up or they're not going to help from a creative perspective at all. So there's just like this disconnect of what everybody wants to do. This side's pissed off because they got to do something they've already done a thousand times. This side's pissed off because they would like to do bigger things and bring the creators with, and they might have a hard time getting them excited about it. They might not have the budget to make it everything that they want it to be. And just from an ideation uh, perspective of ideation, it's hard to just create new, interesting things out of thin air. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it, it's much easier to like go back into the playbook that you've ran and just do it again. Yeah. So... I think that feedback loop is all fucked up. Mm -hmm. and there, there needs to be something more innovative. There needs to be something that everybody's excited about. Uh, but at the end of the day, you can get over that line uh, with partners who are excited about anything you do for them. It, it's just like a very weird dynamic that I don't think anybody's like truly figured out yet. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a perfect answer. Yeah. So the FaZe Clan stuff sucks. Um, I feel bad for those guys, but they'll figure it out. Strong yeah. brand. A lot of people know about it. 
If they get their all their ducks in a row, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that tweet from Mr. Beast definitely <laughs> came out of nowhere. Yeah, but I get it. Mm-hmm. I get why I did it. All right, uh, Courage and Age Shot Show. You guys talked about Counter Strike yeah. and Fortnite Creative. Mm-hmm. So for anybody that's interested in that, go check out that episode. I don't know when it's coming out, but um, Project Astrid. I know you talked again. A we little talked bit. about that on the podcast <laughs> as well. On, um, yeah. Look, we got a dev studio splash damage. They're making uh, a survival shooter. We've got Daisy Tarkov. Uh, what, what's it called? Drop Dead uh, Docs game. Uh, drop Dead. It's or Dead Drop. Dead, dead Drop. drop dead yeah. Drop. Okay, dyslexia coming out. <laughs> look, man. Everybody's trying to make a game like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no other way to cut it. Uh, splash damage. I looked at like their portfolio of games. They worked on Halo MCC and Gears of War 4. Those are like the only two in a game called Brink, which I've never played. But other Brink games they worked on were like a Transformers adaption from one of the movies or mm-hmm. a you know, party game that looks similar to Fall Guys. I don't think Sacriol and Shroud are going to be behind a fucking computer and in there every single day. I think it's going to be like, oh, let's hop on a call for an hour once a month. We're going to give you an update on where the game's at. We'll get some feedback and we'll call it a day. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really smart move from Splash Damage to bring in two creators that are staples in the world of survival shooters and the games that they play. But the only exposure that I th- see from Sacral and Shroud, uh, I think it's really smart. If people are giving you handouts and they want you to be a part of it, low effort, low impact, fuck it, let's do it. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, they open themselves up to the repercussions if the game sucks. You know, that's yeah. going to be. Not like a uh, life-altering or career-altering stain on their, uh, you know, careers and their resumes. But I'm just looking at the worst-case scenario for them as individuals, as business professionals, and their own personal lives. That's the only exposure. I think this is going to be fine. We don't know what it's going to be at the end of the day. It's really hard to make a hit game, but I think everybody's doing everything the best way they know how to get as many people watching the game and excited about the game for when it finally comes out. Let's get as many people playing. So. Mm-hmm. Depending on what those guys are paid and if they're getting equity, I think it all makes sense. But it's going to be a couple of years, I think, before we see anything from them. And that's the the tough part right now when you have things like Fortnite Creative and the like. The hinge has been blown off the door of what's actually possible from a community uh, creating uh, in real time, and they basically have the keys to the the kingdom here. You can make anything, do anything in Unreal Engine Five in the world of Fortnite. Um, it's just a lot of competition mm-hmm. in the world of shooters and just video games in general. And getting people to stay on your game after that initial push is going to be the hardest part. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Do you like, obviously, Project X aside, um, do you like where this like niche of game development and distribution is heading with these creator-led games that are popping up? Do you think, like, I think a lot of this stuff is just surface level, if I'm yeah. being honest. Yeah. There's no other way. Mm-hmm. Like, There's no way that Sacro and Shroud are, are stepping away from their personal ATMs that are their computers to spend 40 hours a week on these games. Mm-hmm. It, I, I know for a fact that's not happening. Mm-hmm. And I would love, I'll eat my words all day if that's the case. I'm telling you, it's going to be them catching up for a couple weeks, talking about the game, giving them advice. But in general, I think this is just a marketing uh, campaign. Um, that... Again, there's nuance to that. Listen to what I'm saying. Uh, I'm not trying to sound like I am very smart, but it's not as black and white as that. But mm-hmm. creator-led games, it it makes a ton of sense from a storytelling perspective. 
Uh, but whether those games will be successful or not, at the end of the day, no matter who's behind the project, it has to be a good game. It has to be fun. It has to be repeatable. It has to have depth. It has to have in-game content that is ready to go to keep people interested. You have to move quick and adapt because mm-hmm. we see like Warzone 2, uh, they, for whatever reason, took a left turn, didn't really build off the success of what made people love Warzone 1. Their bet was that people want a more casual game to play that has less of a skill gap and so that the casuals can enjoy it more. That was a whiff. So for me, I kind of lost my thought. The creator-led games make sense. Whether that game's going to be good or not, that's that's going to determine the success. Mm-hmm. No matter what you do, just because you have Sacral and Shroud around this game, you might get a couple hundred thousand people to play this game when it drops, but if it's not fun, they're not staying on it. And I'll tell you what, you might get goodwill out of Sackerel and, 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 and Shroud for a couple weeks, couple months, but if viewership's going down and they're not having fun, they're going to be out. Yeah. So just know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, 100%. Did you, get a, did you get a CS beta key? They're working on it right now. I haven't logged in. Yesterday was actually kind of a busy day. We got the, the spring collection that I'm wearing now coming out. Uh, so I was filming shit. Uh, I hit some golf balls too when I had a couple hours free uh in the afternoon so i haven't gotten out my uh my command center checked it out but i will yeah i just my initial excitement has just been met with concerns about how much of a refresh counter-strike 2 is actually going to be Mm -hmm. i just think that there's a lot of history and a lot of roadblocks for new players to get into because if we're just playing dust 2 and all these maps that have been around for years and uh, you know over a decade uh, you're not really, it's not an even playing field. There's so much that, and you're so far behind. Yeah. Uh, you need to, there's gotta be more to the refresh. And I'm sure there is uh, in my opinion, there's just no way, but for the people that love counter-strike, the game still continues to grow. They just hit their peak player count. Yeah. So even if more new people don't come to play counter-strike Two, it's not a fucking problem. They're just setting themselves up for the future so that yeah. they don't have to deal with the outdated code of source and they've got source too and they can build anything they want on this game yeah everybody's just building an open world and giving tools to the community to make whatever they want and they're building like really uh profound and innovative like revenue streams to raise those tides i mean like what we talked about with courage nature out show Fortnite giving like 40 percent to the creators of these maps and these modes and and the people that are actually building it I, if 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 I am a developer that isn't working nine to five at a triple A studio, and I know I can make something great, and I have like a very deep, uh, nuanced uh, understanding of what people are looking for, I'd be making my shit in there all day. Yeah, you don't need a ton of money to do it. You can do all the work yourself, or friends, or coworkers that you want to go on a project together. There's really like not a lot of downsides. You don't have to raise money. You don't have to get people excited about it. You don't have to deal with the headache and roadblocks of actually building a company and 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 you're crossing all those T's, dotting those all those I's, and just have fun, mm-hmm. make some money from it, side gig, fuck it. So with Creative 2.0, is are they essentially becoming similar to Roblox in the sense where you have all these indie-led games, and it's almost like Fortnite is the the hub or marketplace to go access. All yeah, these I th- games. I think it's exactly that. Okay. Like, imagine imagine Fortnite as just the foundation, and now let your imagination run wild on Unreal Engine Five. Mm-hmm. You know, Fortnite is just going to be the place where people come to play new games, and I think it's very similar to what Roblox is, if not like, you know, not from a technology standpoint, w- which is better to build on, but just yeah. the 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 overall 
intention behind it. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, we got an entire universe here. <laughs> it's basically the fucking multiverse. Make whatever is drumming around that mind and yeah. get people to come play. Yeah. Uh, that's why I think like if I took everything that I had today and just put it in epic stock without knowing um, what that business looks like, how much money they're making, yada, yada, yada. It's just hard not to bet on what that future is going to be. Yeah. Let's get Jim Cramer on here. Talk, well, about, talk about Epic Games. Yeah, I, I wonder. I actually wonder what he would say. Yeah, like um, Roblox, Epic. I would, I would, put, I'd dump a ton of money. This is not financial advice. I'd just <laughs> yeah. like to reiterate that. I mean, we don't have any like yeah, what are, SEC what, regulated or yeah. what are the uh, guidelines around around giving stock market advice, bro. I'm bullish, <laughs> I, and I don't do, I don't personally invest through my own decision making. I got people to help me with that, but like Shopify, Roblox, and Epic. It's not that's not advice, but like just from a a fan looking at the trends of what's happening mm -hmm. uh, with my majority of my life spent in gaming, it's just hard not to bet on that success. You know, there's a there's a new crypto coin too. <laughs> yeah, <is laughs> it's it supposed to be really stable good. Stable right? coin, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brother. I, it's it's really fucking cool to see what's happening. Yeah. Do you see that 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 Kanye West uh, TikTok that I uploaded my Instagram story yesterday? Mm, was it AI? Yeah. I didn't, was, I didn't watch all of it. That's okay. I mean, you should have, man, because unbelievable. I mean, this is, we're, we're like, consumers are now just getting like the first iteration of what people have been working on years for AI. And it, it just seems like every day the progress is doubled so quickly. I mean, I cannot be the one that is, feels crazy to think that the internet just gets excited about things that are happening in the world and technology for a couple months. And then it's not exactly what everybody thought it was going to be. So then the next new shiny thing comes out, but I just feel like that's not going to happen with AI. I mean, I could be historically to what I'm saying, I could be completely wrong, mm -hmm. but they literally had Kanye West singing on Jungle uh, from Drake, and it sounded like one for one, he recorded that in the studio originally. Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when you watch these game clips of Joe Biden and, and, and Barack Obama and Donald Trump, there's certain voice lines and certain things that they say where I'm like, okay, I can tell that's not an original uh, voice acting, mm -hmm. but it, brother, it was like one to one. The yeah. way that it was mixed, the way that it sounded, the way that the the, the levels of his uh, you know voice and whatever the cadence and uh, what what do you call it the range? I don't I don't no, know music. I don't I don't either. <laughs> He's hitting those notes. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it's it, it, it the pitch. It's exactly where it's supposed to be. Yeah, and that's just like. In the last few months of people fucking around with AI. Well, the the Trump arrest photos as well. That was all AI, right? I don't know if... The, so I, that's what I thought. I don't know. It might have somebody just been Photoshopping those, but those oh, were okay. hilarious. They could have <laughs> been AI. Yeah. That's what I... My knee-jerk... That's what I thought it was, but I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know that for a fact. Well, the other terrifying aspect of AI as well is like... I mean, we've talked a little bit about deep fakes in the past, but the idea of just your image and likeness like being stolen and anything controversial that you were to be put into from a deep fake perspective. And then that's something you now have to worry about like combating and having to like make statements on being like, yeah, this is not me. This it almost kind of makes sense why Elon has been so hell bent on just accurate reporting. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about left and right and the, the, uh, the elections and how people's perception of each party was altered by fake news on Facebook and just running rampant all over the internet. Yeah. But at a certain point, there's got to be, a, a, you're going to need to have to authenticate like images and video and voice. 
And I don't know what that's going to be. We talked about this. This was actually a topic that I wanted to talk about because uh, I talked a little bit about it on stream. But look, I don't want anybody like, uh, you know, right to freedom and you know, the Constitution and all of our rights and amendments, all of this bullshit. But I genuinely do believe that we need to act quick. And I don't think it'll ever happen in how we regulate uh, internet usage uh, and social media usage for kids. Mm -hmm. I just think that it is brutally unfair to the the young people of the world, the fact that they have to grow up with apps that are basically measuring their social status and preying on their insecurities and what life is supposed to look like and be like. And you could randomly be scrolling on TikTok and, and see somebody die in front of your eyes. I mean, I'm 30. I've been on Dig, Reddit since the, it was created. I have seen some wild shit on the internet. And I don't think it's changed who I am, but it's going to come down to parenting. I know that's probably what people's uh, you know, knee-jerk reaction argument against me, uh, uh, among other things. Uh, and the access that kids have, like, don't just hand them an iPad because you want some silence in the house. Like, I mm. get that argument, but I, I, I truly do believe that we are going to set ourselves on a course that it will be irreparable. Uh, and I think we're already on that course. I yeah, if, if we aren't already, which yeah. I think you're probably right. But like a 13 year old kid should not have to see that shit. I have like my six year old cousin. I was home for Christmas. She like stole her mom's phone my cousin and she's just like sitting on youtube shorts like looking through like makeup and like beauty like tutorials i'm like you should be playing with barbies right now not watching like how to like how these women putting on their makeup yeah like, it, like even like the totality of 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 what we've seen in the past like you can make an argument for or against anything that i'm saying but like kids discovering their sexuality right mm-hmm you know, if if you wanted to see a pair of boobs, like when my dad was a kid, I'm, I'm not even bullshitting. He told me this story. I don't mean it any other way, but like you'd have a National Geographic in your closet, you know, yeah. or getting somebody older to buy you a Playboy. So it was always available. But like my, I had an older brother, like thinking about jerking off, de dead ass, like all jokes aside. You know, I, I, I discovered like Girls Gone Wild commercials on Comedy Central late night. And, or music videos and MTV, MTV jams, like these girls twerking, tits out, everything. And then my brother downloading porn on LimeWire. But I was like 13 or 14 years old. You know what I mean? I, I don't, maybe even a little bit younger than that. I mean, I was jerking off before I would even shoot anything out. You know what I mean? I, sorry, there's employees here getting those details, but I'm being dead ass right now. Like kids are seeing girls shake their ass and they explore page on Instagram and just like the over-sexualization of women mm -hmm. without trying to sound like uh, so profound and moral high ground. It's just a nine-year-old kid should not have yeah. to be exposed to this world that is going to reprogram the way that their brains think for the rest mm -hmm. of their lives. You have like people dealing with ED in their 20s because yeah. they, and I don't know if the science behind it, I could be fucking off base, but like jerking off too early and shit, it's crazy. Hey, boner I really pills got, in, the, in the 20s. Boner pills. I really got into a, a very, a, like a subgenre of the internet and concerns, <laughs> well, but. The, the kick, I think the kicker here is the fact that like kids now compared to then, like 
with the way that these algorithms are structured and how these apps are structured, like they're just being fed it. Like they're yeah. just scrolling. They're not actively like going down these rabbit holes looking for these things. You had to work hard to find this fucked up shit. And now yeah. it could be there with the wrong place, wrong time of a flick yeah. of a screen. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't, I'm not capable of giving a one size fits all solution to it, but Man, even eat, bro, like this goes against everything that the internet is supposed to be or was originally supposed to be, you know, freedom to information, freedom to navigate the world how you please, but almost like a, a digital uh, verification system of, I'm not saying we should track what you do on the internet, but how do you, how do you, there's just no perfect answer to regulate it because mm -hmm. you'll you'll argue like oh if you ban it they'll just go find it somewhere else somebody else that's of age there's just got to be roadblocks and hurdles to make it harder to stumble upon all the fucked up shit that's going on in the world these kids need time to be kids 100% and there's no other way around that so if you want to say parenting is the only answer i get that but i think it's a lot more complicated than just that yeah and not to bring up politics and stances aside, but you see as well, you know, just the act of posting in general, right? Like you are in a, a minority subset of people just given the fact that you're going to post something, right? Like most people aren't on the internet publicizing all of their views and opinions. And so, and I bring up politics as the example because it's like the, the, loudest but smallest group in each political party is, is typically the one you see the most on in terms of the internet and there's just so much hostility going on back and forth between the two sides and that's not a representation of the entire country right but you have the two extreme sides of the spectrum being put on the internet and are being fed to these children and it's certainly conditioning their minds amongst every other every other thing we just talked about but it's like you got to give these like you just said you got to give these kids a chance to be kids and like figure shit out for themselves before you're just like pumping whatever objective or discourse 100 percent. Like, i mean down and, and the throats. problem is too we've got so just the oldest people in office i mean quite literally today uh this counter-strike group chat that i've got with a bunch of buddies uh, they all work in tech and they all work in gaming. He sent a tweet of uh, one of the House of Representatives from North Carolina. He literally asked the TikTok CEO today, does TikTok access the home Wi-Fi network? <laughs> I mean, this is the problem and the disconnect. Yeah. Uh, like not even coming down to a political party and what my personal beliefs are. This motherfucker, Joe Biden, should not be in office. This guy doesn't even know the words that are coming out of his mouth. And you can say some of this stuff is propaganda and I'm being fed what, you know, the right wants me to see. It has nothing to do with that. I just don't believe that like a 79, 80, 80 year old one person, no, no matter how lucid you actually are, should not be in office. Like I want like the dude's a, falling down the stairs. And he's running our country. Buddy it's crazy. Buddy literally fell off a fucking bike. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's incoherent sometimes. He loses. He loses where he is. There's there's memes of like Biden falling in the caption being like he he widowy just hit the gwitty. <laughs> like my the my president should not be getting memed for falling down. Like as the leader amidst all of the political strife and turmoil and like foreign relations, like this 
dude is the one that we're sending into the mix. Like, if if you were like forty five years old and you owned a business and you needed to replace yourself as a CEO, you would never, under any circumstance, in most industries, pick an eighty year old man. No, I want I want somebody you know. Whether whether you believed or agreed with the things that he did, and again, in politics, uh, like I'm opening up the floodgates, but I don't give a fuck. This is just how I feel. Like Barack Obama, whether it was good or bad, brother, that I would love to have a beer with Barack Obama. That motherfucker mm-hmm. just seemed like he was with it. He knew what was happening. He had charm. He had grace. Yeah. Uh, and, you know... I don't agree with all the political decisions he makes and what he stands for, but I what I don't have any. I'm not saying don't go vote, but I don't, I feel like I don't have any fucking control of anybody who's going to be in office. Mm-hmm. So without that control, I'd rather just have somebody who's fucking there, yeah, and 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 not too aggressive in one direction or the other. Just like somebody who is young enough to understand what the youth needs and what's best for them. But somebody who's you know old enough to where the elderly will respect their opinions and what they're doing, I don't think there's a perfect answer, perfect answer. But man, we just we need to get this motherfucker Joe Biden out. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a perfect answer. But if this regardless, guy runs for his second term, <laughs> yeah. uh, is the Democratic Party like they have to let him run? I mean, if he wants to run, you got you got to let him. Does he get automatic nomination for the Democratic Party being the president? I think so. If you choose it, I don't know. Not, not. Uh, we're gonna yeah. look like babbling idiots. Yeah, might already. We might have already achieved that uh, accomplishment, but whatever. Look, brother, I was Politics an average Joe. It's just how I feel. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. But you yeah, gotta regulate the internet somehow, some way. I'm not saying put up yellow tape and this should be like a communistic state. Mm-hmm. But fuck, man, these kids got to be saved. Do you think TikTok's going to get banned? Well, from what I was reading last night, it's actually becoming more serious than it ever has before. You know, back when Trump was going through all this and a couple years uh, in, in the midst of COVID, there was talks and grumblings and or rumblings that it might be banned. I didn't read it, but I saw today uh, an article came up that this is actually there. There's a real possibility that it might happen. Mm-hmm. All right. Softball. Just gonna lob this one to you. Perfect. For any aspiring creators that are listening, the threat of a ban on TikTok, because obviously there's so much being put there mm-hmm. and so many people are building their careers. What is your recommendation currently to safeguard, insulate yourself? I mean, do whatever you're doing right now. Like, you just can't control what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't. I, I just wouldn't give advice to put everything on halt for TikTok because there are differences in how you should edit and 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 deliver a piece of content compared to YouTube Shorts and Instagram and TikTok. But if it if TikTok gets banned, uh, there will be an American company. Uh, I mean, Instagram has al- basically already copied and pasted what TikTok has done, mm-hmm. and I actually think that their algorithm has gotten better than what TikTok. TikTok is is when you want to turn your brain off and just be served uh, a lot of content of there's very similar through points of your taste and they'll curate it in a way where it doesn't get too old and you're not watching the same thing over and over again. Instagram's algorithm is dialed the opposite way. Like if I watch golf content enough, if you go to my explore page right now and if I were to scroll through reels, like 75, if not 80, 85% of it's going to be golf. So Mm -hmm. 
they definitely do a good job tailoring it. Like, there's always going to be another thing that's going to capture the attention that TikTok had. So I wouldn't think about it too much. I wouldn't lose sleep over it. TikTok gets banned. If you're in the top 1% and you've made your living and your career off of TikTok, yeah, that probably hurts. But if you did it once and you've already done a, a, a decent, just an average job of porting over your audience from TikTok over to Instagram. And that's a lot of the trouble that people had. It's like YouTube is where you go make the money as mm -hmm. a creator. And I don't think that's one size fits all anymore. There's plenty of places to you know make a buck. But the entire playbook that I saw big TikTokers, they would just try to get people to go watch their YouTube videos, YouTube channels. So yeah. you'll figure it out. I don't think it's a, a doomsday scenario. Mm-hmm. If you're smart enough, you're successful enough, you'll find a way to get people on these other apps. Yeah. This guy, JHB, is spazzing over here. You good, brother? Yeah, I'm just posting stuff, bro. You're posting stuff? Nice job, JHB. Hard at work. Working. Overtime. Um, Man, the internet's such a weird place, dude. Really is. And I don't want to shit on it because I know that my life would not be the same if I didn't have social media. So it's awful when you hear somebody like me say it, but... The best days that I have are when I'm not on my phone, man. I'm at the golf course or doing something else. It's occupying my time enough to where I don't have that that subconscious urge to scroll. Yeah. Man, do I love a good scroll, though. <laughs> I do. It's, man. A cup of coffee do, and a good scroll. Don't. Julie in the morning, fresh scroll on the toilet. Now, yeah, now that we have it, it's hard to envision or picture life without it. But mm -hmm. it's double-edged sword. <sighs> you just got to have some balance, man. Yeah. And we need some discipline. Uh, with the actions that we take every day. Yeah. Because, you know, some of the best things that you can do to relieve any anxiety that you're dealing with or uh, pent up stress, go take a fucking walk, man. It is wild what a 30 minute walk around a couple blocks will do for uh, a, a person's mind. Mm -hmm. Take a shower right after, but it's hard to pull yourself out of that, that hole that you're in. You're already miserable. You're already having a bad day. All right, let me just, you know, busy myself with, with scrolling for the rest of the night and then wake up and try to get in the morning. Then you just end up in the same fucking revolving door of yeah. pitted despair. Go for a walk, man. Comparisons Drink to some water, go for a walk. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm curing depression over here by any <laughs> means, man. It's, people certainly need more help than just that. But for those that are, are, are feeling the, the pain and the stress of everyday life, go for a walk. Went to the gym yesterday, cure the, cure the mentals. Did you actually work out or did you just hit the sauna like you always do? <laughs> oh, the exact the executive package? Yeah, for those that don't know, the executive package, um, or those that don't like going to the gym, I recommend the executive package for anybody out there where you go to the gym just to build the habit of actually going there, but if you don't want to work out, all you got to do if you belong to a gym that has a steam room or a sauna, just go, put your stuff in your locker, hit the steam room, hit the sauna, 25, 30 minutes, just zone out in there. Think about nothing. Take a shower, cold shower. You're reset. You're good to go and get out of there. But no, I worked out. I ran a mile. Run is a is an aggressive term. You, ra I, you I, ran a mile. I walked like three quarters of it. I ran by run a mile. I mean, I ran for forty five seconds. Thought I was gonna pass out, and then just walked the rest of it. Yeah, you know, there's a million of them, but you should do one of those couch to 5Ks. We did that during COVID. It actually made running a lot more approachable. And I, you know, you can go sit there and, and run for a mile or do this like 30, 12, 12 or whatever the fuck yeah. it is, 33, 12. Well, everybody out here is fucking running marathons right now. My roommate just ran the LA Marathon. Jason, 
our CFO just ran the marathon. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Brother, I had the the most, like the biggest first world problem the other day. I didn't know the marathon was happening and I was going over the content house to hang out with everybody, catch up and hit some golf balls. Uh And they had our fucking neighborhood surrounded with this marathon. I I don't know why, but I decided to put it into my GPS when we were leaving because I was curious. There's like two ways to access the highway from where I live. You could either take a left to go down to a busy street, you take a right, go down to a less busy street. But there's more lights that way. So me and Haley were, I, we're having our, like not an argument, but I'm like, I wonder which way is faster. She's like, oh, you should take a right. Didn't. I took a left. I'm like, this way is faster for mm-hmm. sure. But it said it, it's going to take 30 minutes to get there. I'm like, what the fuck? I get to that busy street where the highway ramp is completely closed down. And I was just like, fuck, man. Like, I've got one Sunday to just enjoy my day. And I've got every major street in a city that is not built for public transportation, that there is no optimization. I mean, this city is literally built to drive cars. Yeah. And I had to, brother, it took me an hour to get to the content house. It normally takes 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, brother, but I was so fucking mad. I think oh. I was mad because like Haley it's allows like, me to be mad and there's game. somebody to listen to. So <laughs> I don't have to like suppress like that real anger that I have. But I was like, guys, I, I support the marathon. I really do. <laughs> Go but, run somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> I no, I just wish uh they uh were more like vocal about uh signage like, hey, the marathon's coming, get ready for the it was one day, it's not a big deal. It doesn't fucking matter. I'm well, complaining for no reason, but it was certainly annoying to deal with. Well, I had a similar complaint, not because of traffic, but I was actually at the finish line of the marathon to support my roommate. And I was just like, God damn it. Like there's just Thousands of people that just ran 26.2 miles. I can't even run a mile. And just all this physical activity happening around me. I'm like, I just feel like the biggest piece of shit right now. I I think (laughs) running. God fucking damn it. I think running is actually the most, uh, like, not the hardest testament or test of uh, discipline. But you have to be very disciplined to run. Especially if you're getting off the couch and doing it for, like, the first time in your life. Because I ran consistently during COVID for three months, and it it took me three months just to get to the point to be able to run like three miles in one shot. Yeah, and it, no walking, uh, uh, definitely a painful jog, but I did it. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 wild how long it actually takes to build up the stamina to do it. But man, do you feel accomplished and do you feel better about yourself? And running is great, not yeah. not great on the knees, but it it it, it really is. In a, in a world where we really have to fight against our own inner laziness, not to sound like David, uh, what's his Goggins. name? Goggins or Joe Rogan or anything <laughs> like that. I had to tap into my David Goggins uh, bank on my one mile run. You know, yeah. I need that motivation. Just I, man, you, you really need to have the right motivation uh, yeah. because if you go in with like uh, the wrong expectations or go to do something for the wrong reasons, especially for somebody like me, you just get discouraged quickly mm-hmm. and- my brain is just like, and everybody now is short-term dopamine. Oh, How do sure. I get to where I'm trying to go as fast as possible? There's no shortcuts when it comes to working out unless you're juicing up. Yeah. And even then, that ain't going to help you run. Nah. Uh, so I think uh, me certainly need to take my own medicine. I just need a little bit more discipline. I've definitely gotten more discipline just through routine and habit. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something that you see with motivational speakers and now there's just so many of them on the internet. I'm like, fuck, get this off my screen. But it's it's definitely true. I think in general, people just need more discipline. Myself, 
exponentially included. Same. That's the thing too about like structure and routine. I don't know if it's just me, like, but I was watching this one dude who I can't remember the name of him. I'll have to look it up after, but essentially this dude is looking to slow down his own aging process in terms of how he attacks life, both diet and exercise. But he was basically saying, I have taken every little decision out of my day from like what I wear to what I eat, yeah, which has freed it's, me up. Might've been Rob Deerdeck. No, it was uh, actually Scump. I was going through his uh, Instagram. He did some advertisement with Scump in regards to like, they have this brain monitoring like device and they analyze like Scump's game brain is like a gamer brain and they're opening up all these test studies. Regardless. I hate when people do that shit, bro. <laughs> Hate what? Well, back when I was Red Bull, they would do well. Oh, like athlete performance? Yeah, like I'm testing? like guys. I I get it. I I know that you spent money on us being here, and 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 you you want to have a science behind everything. Yeah. But like, fuck, I am not a a a world class <laughs> athlete. Yeah. We're not going to get any information from my brain waves that's going to help me be better. I just. I, I'm like definitely a meat potatoes like old head when it comes to that. Like motherfucker, yeah. let's just go practice. I, I like fitness stuff. Yeah, but I don't need anybody tracking my brain waves. You know. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. hey, man, anything is just gonna make me tweak. Be like, oh, you have no brain function in your prefrontal cortex. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, don't need to know Look, that. Look, man, you just gotta find your your discipline, but you gotta find it the right way. It, it works for everybody else. Ain't gonna work for you. Sometimes you just gotta tell yourself, shut the fuck up, and just go. Take yeah. those decisions out. Make it as easy as possible. You're going on a run in the morning. Don't give yourself any speed bump from stopping you from do that. Like, oh, do I have any clean socks? Get the like, clothes packed the night exactly. before. Exactly. Just get everything laid out for you so you can get out the door and just go. Yeah. It'll come. Well, We're at an hour. We're at 110. Oh, shit. All right. Time flies when you're talking about Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Byron? Joe Byron. <laughs> Uh, we got a little boner pill bit in there too today. Hit our quota. You definitely hit the boner pill. I'm sad. I don't want to stop. I, I actually, it's crazy how much I enjoy recording podcasts. That's great to hear. Yeah, I think it's I think it's better now because uh, going back to what we were talking about with Phase Clan, when we would have guests on the show, uh, and I don't think it's ego. I just I like to be a part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not a big fan of interviewing because anytime I want to. Throwing my two cents, I feel bad because they're a guest and we're supposed yeah. to be hearing their opinions and thoughts. So I think finally opened up the floodgates to have just me and you and even the last episode, me and Jack without a guest. I really enjoy it. Yeah. It'd be nice to throw in some spice and bring in a guest, but with them having the understanding like we're you're just here to shoot the shit with us. We're not this ain't gonna be an interview, like you can promo anything you want, but this is just the the boys or the boys and girls and the boys and whoever just mm -hmm. fucking around shooting the shit. The locker room. We can mess around with it. Yeah. The locker room, I don't know if that's going to stick for me. <laughs> yeah. The echo chamber. Mm. I don't know. We'll work on it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for tuning in to uh, Nate Shot Knows, a.k.a. the locker room, a.k.a. the echo chamber, a.k.a. whatever the fuck we're going to call this. It was a good episode. I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about, but I knew we'd find our way. Great job on the questions. Uh, guys, I promise you, I'm not like a, a right-wing, left-wing uh, communist. Uh, I, I really don't. It's it, Without drawing out this outro, there's so many things that both parties, like there are so many things that I agree with that they both represent and are fight fight for that. 
So I don't think there's a, a clear answer for me. Nobody's ever really heard my political opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's wild how much more you start to pay attention to it when you get older. And I think that's kind of the problem when they're trying to get young people to vote. You just don't give a fuck. You're like, what am I going to have to say and do that's going to make a difference? Mm-hmm. And I still do feel like that in certain cases. Like more times than not, California is going to vote blue. I mean, it's just how it is. Blue chew. But that is that is that the other problem where if 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 I wanted California to be a Republican state, which I'm not saying I am, I'm not really not. No jokes. I don't know what like what. How the fuck am I gonna make make a difference? But voters paradox. That is the voters paradox, and it's actually terrible what I'm spewing right now because that is the opposite of what everybody wants people <laughs> don't to do. Go vote. vote. Yeah, no, go <laughs> vote. Go vote. Go vote. <laughs> Oh, brother. And, and, and then and then you're on social media now. Everybody, if you don't post a photo that you voted, you're the scum of the fucking earth, dude. You oh, shit. I forgot to post my fucking voting sticker. Like, shit. Man, the internet just encourages so much tomfoolery in your behavior. Like, oh, look at me. I did the thing. I did it. I fucking did it. Yeah, but look I, at me. I get why that exists, though. Man, Sometimes I wish I was a little bit more ignorant so that I could have more conviction in the way that I feel because I, normally I just end up in the middle. Yeah. I'm like, I understand why this person said it because that's the way that they feel and they're not opening themselves up to what the other person is saying and they're the same way. So now they're just fighting over absolutely nothing because they're never going to make any headway with the two. I think I just try to put myself in people's shoes too often and don't really come to a resolution because I'm like, man, I... They're doing it because they're ignorant. They're doing it because they know that other person's ignorant and they're just trying to teach them, but they're never going to find the middle ground. There's just not enough empathy and self-awareness around the fact that people are just, no matter whether you like it or not, hardwired differently. People are different. Man, I love people that have self-awareness that can really meet in the middle, but there's just not a lot of it in this world. Yeah. Yeah, nothing's more frustrating than when someone judges you purely based off your political views. I feel like World War Three is going to happen. Uh, yeah, probably. But my problem is, is like, do there is no way that the fucking leaders of these countries and ours as well, there's no way that they truly don't understand that if another world war happened, it would be the end of of everything we know. Nuclear fall. Nukes going off. off. As soon so, as one nuke gets so, dropped, it's over. So pl- I, I'm just begging, like, I know North Korea is posturing, but if, like, China and Russia lock arms and they want to change the tides, like, there was a clip of uh, one of the Chinese uh, politicians saying, like, things are going to change for the first time in 100 years. Like, I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but they have to know, right? Like, there's no way that yeah. these people in power are going to let a nuclear war happen, Right. I mean, that's like even the Ukraine, the Russia-Ukraine war, like, thank God no nukes have been fucking shipped yet. And then you got North Korea in the mix over there, just brother, their finger on the trigger, ready to go. I just feel like, besides uh, the Afghanistan war in 9-11, which was very serious, and the Ukrainian war, which is very serious, history repeats itself. Oh, yeah. There's bound to be another global conflict. I just hope it's much later than sooner. Yeah. For sure. Fuck, man. Oh, well. These doomsday preppers, <laughs> they might be on to something. Yo, look, I'll tell you what. The first sign that World War Three is going to happen is going to come from... Remember this guy that was tracking Elon's uh, jet? He mm-hmm. built like a website and a, yeah. a, a Twitter account that would just automatically update. If you see a bunch of jets doing 
continental flights over to New Zealand were fucked. Why is that? Because a lot of the world's billionaires and like the most affluent, uh, you know, families, they have all like bought real estate um, in in New Zealand in case of nuclear fallout. Damn. If you start seeing people go to New Zealand, just know you better duck and cover. I don't think it's going to make a difference, but all right. We got it down a fucking rabbit hole. Ooh. We got to save th- that conversation. Wait, guys, we're going to do a, uh, an episode of this show where we just get stoned and talk about anything that rattles around our head. And we may sound like the dumbest people alive, but at least we'll be dumb in our own little echo chamber until you guys comment on all the things that make us stupid. Maybe we should, get, we should get Stephen A. Smith on here. For Me, that. you, Stephen A. Smith, just stay off the weed. Stay off the weed. No, we get Ja Morant. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, have, we'll outfit this this back wall with a slate of guns. Be like, hey, you want to you want to pick your poison? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get. Yeah. We got the strippers too. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you guys have a fantastic day. And YouTube, we'll see you fucking later. Goodbye.